Hello to all and to each. Uh, we're back again uh, for the latest edition of the Miramichi Historical Linkages Podcast. Uh, so it's been a week for you. It's been about 10, 15 minutes for us. And yes, I'll always keep making that joke. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Uh, so uh, we're back again with with Joe Ward to talk. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about, uh, about giants. And we talked about, again, how that is... Um, Again, a very, a very present thing, you know, uh, it's, it's part of a long tradition, but a very present thing in each of us today. Yeah, and today we're going to, uh, talk a little bit more, uh, about, about little people and, uh, something else that we found in a lot of, uh, the research that we were doing across cultures. So, uh, Joe, welcome back and thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Good to have you here and, uh, uh, there's so many, there's so many stories about, uh, little people and, uh, I don't know where to start, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll start from, uh, from all cultures, I guess. I guess uh, even in Ireland they have uh, they're called uh, leprechauns in Ireland and other cultures they have them I don't know what they call them but uh, they exist some of them are uh, they portray them as uh, tricksters or you know trying to get their pot of gold or whatever. Um, but like I said, that's that's how they perceive them. Um, in our perception of those uh, little people, or how, what we call them, they're called Bodlad Amuj. That's what we, that's what the elders call them. They're uh, little little people. They're actually native people, but they're small. That's how we perceive them. Um, not everybody will have an encounter with the little people. You have to have either a, a something that's uh, special about you or a gift to to have contact with them so they're very uh i don't know if they're mistrusting or or they don't want everybody else to know but uh they've been around ever since the beginning of time and there was one elder from Alberta, when he came down here, his name was uh, Albert Lightning. So he came down here, and that was some of the questions that the elders had around here. He said, do they have uh, uh, little people out there? And they said, yes. And then uh, this man, he said he, he wanted to know about them. So he started asking questions. 
and the, the some of the answers he gave were, uh, you know, uh, um, they're just like uh, human beings, but they're smaller. But they, when they make contact with the Aboriginal people, that they begin to trade. It's just like uh, other Aboriginal people on Turtles Island here, that we traded goods in our clothing and stuff like that, and plus information and uh, uh, problem solving. So, so they begin to uh, form uh, uh, a friendship. So when they when they started doing that. Uh, the Bugala de Muj, or the little people, said, uh, we'd like to have some fresh buffalo meat. So the Aboriginal people, uh, what they would do is that they would take the, uh, either uh, smoked meat or dried meat, and they would trade it, or they would leave it as offerings. Uh, near trees and stuff like that, uh, 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 a living tree, and they would leave their their uh, the food there, like meat, fish. Um, what else did they say? Oh, and then they said uh, the little people they needed uh, uh, clothing, so the the elders and the women would leave uh, smoked hides and tan hides there. Uh, the Aboriginal people on Turtles Island, they had to build a relationship. And when their relationship was uh, strong, that that they, the Budalera Muruj can trust the, the big people that they started trading goods together. And one of the things that they were excellent at uh, uh, doing was to make arrowheads out of uh, different types of stone. So they would uh, look at that, those arrowheads, and then turn around the... Uh, they would uh, trade different kind of techniques. And that's where we got to uh, learn how to make our uh, spearheads and different, uh, different knives and knowing those uh, different, different stones that, that uh, we use for, uh, like back in the day, there was no metal around here, but uh, we can get sharp stones, different stones, and they traded that knowledge to the Aboriginal people. So turn around, they, uh, uh, that's how they formed uh, a good relationship.
together, and they and I know they still they still have that relationship together today. But we still we uh, we haven't forgotten what they taught us about you know uh, about taking care of the land and taking care of uh, one of the the most uh, things that I heard is that you're not supposed to uh, uh, speak. Uh, bad about them or anything like that. So uh, there's in some uh, in some stories that you'll hear that out there that they were uh, tricksters. And that's where that's where uh, what you call them uh as human beings, we made those stories up, right? They're just made up stories. But there's, uh, when the horse was introduced around here, and uh, I guess Aboriginal men had, you know, they, they started, you know, having horses and cows and different stuff like that. So I guess one of the, one of the things that uh, they noticed was uh, when they would put their horses in the barn and, you know, they brushed them and everything, they cooled them down and fed them and they got ready to bed down in the barn. Uh, the next morning when they, when they went out there, the horse has a mane here and its tail saw that when they went out there the next morning that the horse's mane was all braided and it was braided so nice and small and it will look so beautiful even from front of the horse's mane here and then when they went to the to look and even the tail was all braided and they noticed that they were using the horse hair. They they start using the horse hair for different things. So they would find little uh, uh, what do you call them? Like uh, little uh, necklaces or hand band, bands made out of horse hair, and they couldn't explain. You know they the you know they couldn't explain. You know. What, why is this happening to their horses in the barn? You know, when they, it didn't happen all the time, but it happened. It happened. So, uh, one of the things that, uh, the, the elders told, uh, the young men that, that I guess the Buddhalatamuj is, uh, what you call them, uh, doing those things. And, uh, and where they live, that's the million-dollar question because everybody wants to know where they live. And one of the places that are around here is called Strawberry Marsh. 
So down in Strawberry Marsh, that's where there's a lot of plants. And uh, I guess they dwell there somewhere. I don't know where. But that's where I was told. When I go down there and I go pick different types of medicine or if I if I got a lot of stuff uh, I'm thinking about and stuff, I go down there. And when I go down there, as soon as I get off my truck, I put myself in a mindset. I said, whatever I'm thinking about today and whatever happens, you know what I mean? I'm going to leave it at my truck. So I start walking, and as I walk in the marsh, I see different uh, flowers, and the wind picks up, and there's tall grass and all this here. By the time I make it to my destination, I have forgotten all about what I was worried about and what was on my mind. So there's something down there. It's either in the nature or it's uh, what that place was for. That's a sacred site for the uh, people on the Miramichi, especially the Mi'kmaq people. So what we used to do down there was we used to go over there and we would pick our uh, sweet grass. And there's, there would be other medicinal plants that were down there and they we used them there and we collected them and there's uh, and we still do that today um, sometimes you'll see uh, uh, myself going down there and I'll pick all this stuff and I'll tell you another another thing there there's There's little creatures down there too, and they're they're called uh, frogs, or you would call them. It's not a toad, but it's a bullfrog. How many ever heard a bullfrog? A bullfrog. I've I've because when I was down there, I walked down in that marsh. And I was already told, I said, I got to take my time and go through there because there's beings down there that are connected with that Buddha Damuj. And one of them are, are, it's called the bullfrog. So the bullfrog, he'll make this sound with his, uh, underneath his throat. And you'll see him there laying on top of the water like this. You could just see his hands like this. And how can that little bullfrog, he's only that big, make such a sound that you can hear it for, I don't know, a half a mile away? And he, and he's only that big. How the hell are you making that noise that travels that far? And here I was. I was just like on a, a, a little, I had to walk a little bit, and they would stop, stop singing or whatever they're doing and making this, making this funny noise. And then one day I got the opportunity. 
there. I seen him. He was laying on top of that water like this, and his chin was right on right here. And I noticed something. He was using his throat, and the water was his, um, it's just like a fiddle. A fiddle is made out of uh, spruce, and it has a, a really good acoustic value. So that frog figured out that how he can get his message across, he used the water as his, uh, what you call him, uh, sort of like a, a loudspeaker. So he can attract it. Yeah. So he used that to uh, get his message out there to his uh the other girls, <laughs> the other girls, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, I listened to all that, and, I, and then, okay, I took that. I said to myself, I just learned a gift. So, in Sarah's culture, they have a water drum. And it's a piece of uh, a hollowed out wood or, or, or a bowl or something. And they'll put water in it and they'll put a hide, a wet piece of hide on there. And they'll put rocks on there and tie it down and they'll make it tight. So I hit that drum like that. And then the water vibrated inside there and it made a different tone. So I took that and I, I took that part. But I went back to that bullfrog and, and, and I, I used, and that's where, uh, throat singing came from. And it's not only to do, not, not only to do with the, they always say the Inuit and Inu. So in special uh, ceremonies around here, that's what we do. We learn from the wildlife. And plus, uh, I'll get back to that Buddha de Muj, that Buddha de Muj, uh Sometimes what happens is that, you know, uh, it's just like uh, where these little stories came from. And now they're, they took those, uh, stories from the Buddha and they, uh, they made little, uh, nursery rhymes out of them. Or they, what they would do, uh, a mom or a dad would, uh, when this child is ready, uh, to start exploring the world and they would uh, use that Buddha de Muj to uh, help the child to start. Uh, maybe you don't want that child to wander too far away from you. So they would use that Buddha de Muj saying that if you travel over there too far, then, then maybe the Buddha de Mujas will uh, uh, take you and you not won't be able to come back home. You know what I mean? It's sort of like uh, what's that uh, that uh, uh, that nursery rhyme? No, I don't know if it was a nursery rhyme, 
but it's uh, to do with uh, the Mad Hatter there. What's his name? Uh, Adoris and remember she, Alice she, in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, something like that, right? So she, she, uh, they would uh, scare the children like that. They just don't want them to go over there. And that little uh, story we will tell them, you know, if you want it. Yeah, you see what I mean? So other cultures grabbed a hold of that and they made it a part of theirs. You know what I mean? And that's how they, that's how that Buddha, the Muj, or little person, uh, came about. Yeah. But it had to have, but it had to have a, a place uh-huh. of origin, right? Somebody had to, uh, experience that. And there's, I mean, I can tell you there's thousands and millions of stories. So the Buddha the Mood offered yeah, himself or said, okay, if that's what you got to do and turn around. But remember, we're not bad. We're not bad. And we're not there to scare anybody. We're there to educate and help. That's what they were. They were helpers. Yeah. And that's what they call them, spirit helpers. Yeah. And that's what I said. Some people can uh, connect with them really good. And there's other people that got different kind of gifts. You know what I mean? Some people will connect with uh, flowers. Some will connect with the water. Some will connect with the, with the star with the stars up there or the moon or whatever. There's all different uh, gifts. Same thing with that uh, Buddha the Muj, you know. Uh, and they, and if they, you know, it's sort of like uh, they would say that if the Buddha the Mujas are there to help you believe in the unknown, the unknown. Uh, sometimes that uh, when we have troubled uh, teenagers or adults, and they have a hard time connecting to either their tradition or they need a little bit, a little bit of inspiration, you know, uh, Myself, I, 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 uh, I learned a long time ago that, you know, uh, am I always going to, uh, uh, ha- have a standard of, you know, this is what I'm told. And, and, and if I want to learn some more, then I have to cross that edge over there in my, uh, in my everyday work and do I cross that line over there and I enter over there, then I, when I cross that line into another level of understanding of what's really out there, you know what I mean? And there's some of us pursue that, but we have to do it, uh, carefully and and what we learn from there is that you know sometimes uh 
sometimes. Uh, old man used to say, he said, you're not going to, there are some people in this world that they're not going to believe it until they see it, right? So they want to have that higher knowledge and know, you know, there's, you know, these aren't just stories. They're, you know what I mean? So even if, as I'm, when I came here this morning and when Sarah was uh, telling me that I'm going to be going into a podcast and that I asked her, I said, what am I going to be talking about? And she told me, he said, you're going to be talking about the Buddha, the Mojis. And those are the little people. And I said to myself, okay. So I left a little while ago and I put tobacco on the ground out there. I said, I hope that I, I give you this tobacco, the Buddha, the Mujis, I gave some tobacco to them. And I said, I hope I don't offend you. So I'm going to share this with the, with the people that, you know, have curiosity and they want to learn about you. And I'm going to put that out there for you. So that's what I did. And, uh, you know, and there's, but I don't want you to walk away. Uh, the listeners or the moms or the dads or, you know, and they're not to be, uh, be used into scaring the hell out of anybody. They're not there for that. They're there, they're there, they're there for educational purposes. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, when we make believe, you know, in, there's a time when we were uh, seven or eight, right? I'm going to put you in the Buddha the Muj uh, state. You guys got to go back to when you guys were six or seven. And then you had this little friend that nobody could see. And that's your Buddha the Muj. So everybody has one in them. Yeah, that's your little Buddha de Muj. But when you cross over, when you go into puberty, that's when you don't talk to your Buddha de Muj anymore. But some of us, some elders, always have that childhood thing, and the Buddha de Muj is always awake. You know what I mean? Some shed that and others retain it. Remember, there's a Buddha living inside of you. <laughs> there you go. That's what the Buddha wanted you to hear. Yeah? I, and you know what? You know what? That really makes a lot of sense for me. You know, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? All the, all the time that we were looking for him, he was right in front of us all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and just going back to when I was a kid, like, I mean, this is really, this is really fascinating, Joe. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, you know, like having, you know, there was a, there was a little girl that used to live, if, you know what I mean, in the in, in a little hole in the wall yeah, in, yeah. in my bedroom. Yeah. Ginty McGinty, I used to call her. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was her, that was her name. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's it. 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, so maybe, you know what I mean? Like that's it. Maybe she was my little person and yeah. you know, that's it. Now I feel bad. I haven't talked to her in like 30 years. But, uh, I'm starting to feel the same way. I'm thinking about that. I, we used to have at my grandmother's, and I still think about it every time because it's still there. When you go up her staircase from the basement, one of the stairs, there's the there's a little crack in the corner. So there's a little hole that goes into the wall. Yeah. And I, growing up, used to tell my cousins, there is a band of fairies that live in there. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. little tiny band members yeah. and they play yeah. the fiddle and they play guitars <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, they... Yeah, yeah. and now I'm like oh, next time I got to go to my grandmother's yeah. I got to stop by and give them a little offering yeah, or something yeah. thank them for yeah. letting me get to 30 <laughs> yeah so that's what they would do they would uh, give them uh, and we, we still do it today for our uh, departed loved ones but like I said, these uh, these entities, these little spirits that they're around, are, they're called our imaginary friends, but they're there for a reason. They're, they're there for the times that when we, we go inwards to our safe place where our, uh, our, our, childhood spirit still we in all of us there's a child in all of us and sometimes what happens is that uh, we forget about that part but remember in our stages of life you're going towards your next childhood when you start getting older and you're, you know, you can't go out anymore and stuff like that. And then when your mind starts, you know, not getting, uh, not not that strong anymore. So your your childhood behaviors start coming back. So that means that you're on your your second childhood. And when you're when you're getting there. And that's why elders, uh, when they're in their second childhood, and they can talk about these things much easier than a, a adult does, because an adult has too many responsibilities on their plate. But when you get older, nobody cares what an old man has to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? These are just stories, kind of little stories. But to children, you know, that that's they can build off that and you can let your imagination run wild. Yeah. So with that, we'll we'll draw to a close for another week. Um, Joe, once again, thank you so much uh, for for sharing these uh, these very meaningful teachings. And again, ones that, you know, that, that resonated even in ways that I certainly wasn't anticipating. Uh, you know, that's it uh, today. And uh, so. Uh, we will be, we all be back next week. I'm not quite sure what we'll be, what we'll be talking about, uh, but we look forward to seeing you all then. And uh, Joe, I hope I hope we see you again uh, very soon. Uh, perhaps in a, in a future episode, maybe we can uh, come back and, and, and talk some more. Yeah. Um, so uh, with that, we'll draw to a close. Uh, thank you all so much, and we'll see you next week. All right. <laughs>